Hello, I'm Sean Finnegan, and you are listening to Restitutio, a podcast to get you thinking about biblical and historical Christianity, to inspire you to follow Christ, and to convict you to lead a consecrated life. Service is an important part of Christian living. Wouldn't you agree? We are not spectators waiting to be entertained, but participants looking for ways to help out. In this sermon, John Courtright shows what Jesus taught us about service at the Last Supper, as well as what sort of attitude we should have from a number of other New Testament texts. So often we either critique from the sidelines or remain oblivious to the needs around us. Instead, Courtright urges we should take the initiative and jump in where there's a need. This is a call to action. Here now is episode 107, Each One Serve, with John Courtright. What are we to do with our Lord directing us? And here in John chapter 13, this is recorded at the Last Supper. And he reveals truths here in this teaching that his disciples would need to know after his departure. Um, and you'll see that as written. I'd first like to read through a few of these verses and then uh, to start get into this, and we're going to look at service today, and in Jesus, his call to serve for his disciples. In John 13, 1, it says, Now, before the feast of Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, and that he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So he knows now that he is going to be departing. He is going to be leaving this world to go to the Father. And during the supper, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, got up from the supper, laid aside his garments, and taking a towel, he girded himself. And then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. So he came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Simon Peter says to Jesus, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I do you do not realize now. But you will understand hereafter. And Peter said to him, Never, never shall you wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Then Peter said to him, uh, (laughs) Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not my feet only, but my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who has been bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are Um, And you are clean, but not all of you, for he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. So Jesus, after the supper, took a towel and he washed their feet. Now, the washing of the feet, it's not something we really do in in our culture. And I I think most of you are familiar with it, but if you're not, it is a culture. um, I call it an Eastern culture, but it's a biblical culture. It was something that is in the scripture where uh, when a guest would come, 
the servant to serve that guest, you would wash the feet of the person visiting. Let me show you a couple of these. I have them written down. I'm not going to go up to all these, but uh, leave a ribbon here in John. And look at Genesis 18. Um, Genesis 18 is Abraham. And these are angels sent from Yahweh to Abraham. So Abraham's a little excited that he's got these angels visiting. <laughs> Uh, these men from God. And it says in, in Genesis 18, verse 2, When he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth. So he bows himself before these men. And he said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. Let, please, let a little water be brought and wash your feet. And rest yourselves under the tree. So he, he said, let me bring water and wash your feet. Um, in the east, they wore sandals. Well, I mean, at least back then. You know, this is a long time ago. And you, wear, you ever wear sandals on a dusty, dirty ground? And after a while, did you get, your feet get dirty. And I imagine they get uh, uh, sweaty. And your feet, uh, you know, they, they, are, they are dirty. And they need cleaning. And so this was a cultural thing. When, when someone came to your house, you would, the service to that person would be to wash their feet. It was, a, it was a humbling service. Now it doesn't tell us specifically how this happened here. Now Abraham, if you know, had 300 servants, it says. You know, he had 300 men that worked for him. He had servants, household servants. He had different people. Oftentimes, it's my understanding that, that the washing of the foot was not just the servant. Often the children of the servants would wash the feet of the guests when they would come. So it was a lowly task of foot washing. Um, have you ever washed someone's feet? It, it is a very humbling thing. Especially dirty feet. You know I mean, it's, it's a very humbling action to kneel down and wash feet. It's also, of a person who's had a foot washing, it it's, it's really makes you feel special. You know, the one having their feet washed, it really it makes you feel special. Um, I'm not going to turn to all these, but if uh, one of note is 1 Samuel 25, 40 and 41. That is, um, remember the story of David and Abigail? And Nabal was her husband, and he was real evil, and David wanted to kill him. And Abigail said, don't kill him, David. You just let the Lord. And then, and then uh, Nabal just dies. He up and dies. It says the Lord struck him, I think. And he dies. And then David goes, he sends his servants to Abigail. He wants to bring her home to take her to wife now that she's a widow. And she says, she says, you want me, uh, the maidservant? I'm a maid who washes the servant's feet. In other words, she was one who washed, she was a servant who, of servants. And she says, did you want to take me to be your wife? So it was a very humbling idea and thought to wash feet. So you can understand how Peter had a little objection to this. That here the one who he calls Lord is stooping down to wash his feet. And uh, so now Jesus, Jesus said, you're not going to understand, but let me, let me teach you. Uh, let me teach you what this is. So back to John. Back to John chapter 13. Um, we'll pick it up. Verse 12. So now here is the instruction, the understanding that he told them would follow. So, when he had washed their feet and taken his garments 
and reclined at the table again, he said to them, Do you know, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. I think King James Version says master and Lord. And you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and teacher or master, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is the one who sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you what? Do them. If you wash others' feet, if you will go and be as I have to you and become the lowly servant to serve others and wash the feet of others. This is what Jesus said, if I do this to you, I'm your Lord, I'm your master, I want you to do this for others. I want you to now serve others. If we are Christ's disciples, he is to be our Lord and our master. Romans 10.9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the, this is like the initial commitment of Christianity. Who, what's central to Christianity? Christ. Jesus Christ. And I don't know all of your stories, all of you that are here. I don't know where your relationship is with Jesus. Um, but if you have never made him Lord, I invite you to do that. Make him Lord. Um, he's, look it, he's the light of the world. He is the bread of life. He is the shepherd. He is the door to the sheepfold. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the true vine. He is the life for now, and he is your life in the age to come. So this is the first point. This is ABCs. You make Jesus Lord. And uh, if, if any of you would like to talk to someone about that, come and see one of us after the fellowship. Because um, that's where it starts. If you don't have that, you, that's, that's where Christianity begins. So now he's speaking here, though, to his disciples. And those of us who have made him Lord, we are to be his disciples. We are to be the ones who follow him, who subject our lives to his will, who are willing to make him Lord in him and obey his commands and obey his word. Remember, we saw that last week. If you abide in my words and my words abide in you, then you are my disciples. Then you are connected to the vine. And that is the way we are to live. Now here in John, he tells us the first thing he shows here in the Last Supper is do as I did to you and wash each other's feet. Serve with humility to one another. Um, look at, let's quickly go to uh, Luke chapter 22. This, is, this also was at the Last Supper, this teaching in Luke on service, Luke 22. Luke 22 and in verse 24. 
This is during the Last Supper also. And there arose also a small dispute among them as to which one of them is regarded as the greatest. They want to know who's, you know, who's, who's the best. Or, you know, we might say, what's the most important thing that someone does at church? Who's the most important one here? Who? Who wants to put that question before Jesus, right? And that's what they did. Lord, who's, who's the greatest? And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But it is not to be this way with you. But the one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest, and the leader like the what? The servant. For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. I'm not the one being served. I serve. And he says, that's the greatest. That's the ones that, that, that Christ will really work with are those who serve. Those who are willing to wash the feet of others. And with humility, offer your life in service. It's really, this is where it's at. This is where, this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where you begin to understand what it is to work with Jesus and to work with the Father to do His will. When you reach out and wash others' feet. Service is a big part of our call in Christ. Turn to Romans chapter 12. We also saw last week that not only the Gospels, but the apostles of Jesus, such as Paul, such as Peter. We're going to look at uh, places that, uh, where these apostles wrote. Paul received revelation from Jesus Christ. These are Jesus' words spoken through Paul by way of the Holy Spirit. This is also the words of our Lord. This is his commands to us expounded in these epistles of Paul. And here in Romans 12, after all the great information that's recorded in Romans, here in verse 1 he says, Therefore I urge you, I urge you, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual what? Service of worship. Now, I, I did the Reverend Finnegan thing too in your notes. I left blanks. It's all right now in your first blank. You would write service. You see that? Huh? Huh? That's to help you to, to pay attention and to follow along. So if you've got a pen and you want to fill those out as you're going, that's what that's for, to, to help you stay in tune. We are urged to present our bodies at living, our spiritual service of worship. It goes on in verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you, you may prove what is the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now I ask you a question. Prove it to who? Yourself. That you can prove what is, the, what is the will of God? Have you ever asked yourself, what is the will of God in my life? What does God want me to do? Okay, here I am, I'm a Christian, but what am I supposed to do? Well, let's read on. Verse 4, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. This kind of sounds like what Jesus did with there, right? That, that, active foot washing is I'm not thinking more highly of myself 
I'm thinking about you. You know, don't think more highly of yourself, but think of others. Don't think highly of himself, but to think sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. He has allotted to each of us, each of us, a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and what? Individually. Individually. You know what individually means? That means individually. That doesn't mean collectively. It doesn't mean congregationally. It means what? Individually. That means me or you. Individually. Each. Individually is a member in this body of Christ. Members one of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the gift uh, grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of faith. If service, in serving. He who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leaves with diligently, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be. You see the words let and be, how they are in italics? They are not part of the text necessarily. You can just read this. Let love without hypocrisy. Love without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted. Look at this. Be devoted to one another. In brotherly love, give preference. to. This is, this is foot washing right here. This is foot washing language that Paul is speaking. The same thing Jesus spoke. Paul is now explicitly state, stating the same thing. Prefer one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, per- persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the necessity of the saints, practicing hospitality. Look at Ephesians. Some of these great sections in the church epistles on serving. Ephesians chapter 4. So we are members of the body of Christ. We're members of the body of Christ. It goes on in Ephesians 4 to talk a little about this. Ephesians 4 verse 7. You see this? See this verse 7? Ephesians 4 verse 7 it says, But to what? Each one. Okay, it doesn't say to just one, to just the teacher, to just the guy singing music, to just Matt. (laughs) It doesn't say, it says each one. So there's a lot of ones here. One, 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 one. Each one, to each one, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Christ has enabled you, each one of us, each one, when you're a disciple of Christ and the Holy Spirit is with you and in you, you have been enabled with the measure of Christ for His purpose, not your own, for His purpose. Each one is given that measure. Look at verse 14. Verse 14. As a result... We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about with every wind of doctrine, 
by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all specs, in all aspects, into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitted together and held together, by which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each, what? Each individual part causes growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Do you see how the importance of individual, individuality, you, God in Christ, in you, doing Jesus' work through your life. Woo! That's really cool stuff. That each individual person is a particular member of the body of Christ. And I love the use of a body. You ever studied a body? Uh, Andy's not here. I was hoping Andy would be. Andy Garner. I bet he could tell you that he's still learning. And he's a doctor and studied it all his life. He's still learning all the parts of the body. And all the things that happen. You got the nervous system. You got the circulatory system. You got the respiratory system. You got the muscular system. You got the bone structure. You know, you got all these systems. And there's all these things that make it work. And if one little thing's off, something doesn't work right in that body. You ever had that happen? Or something didn't work right? And then you go to the doctor and he tries to figure out what part of the body is causing the issue. (laughs) But see, we are all, but it's a great analogy. There's many, 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 many functions. Many things going on. There's one head, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ directs his body for his glory, for his working. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. This is, this is the, I, I call this the body of Christ section. We're not going to read it all, but this is great where it says, because the ears say, I don't want to be on the body, I'm not the nose, I'm not the mouth, you know. It's got the whole conflict going on with the, all the parts of the, of the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, look at this in verse 11. I love this. 1 Corinthians, wait, no, let's start in verse 4. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. This is great. Now look at this. Now, There are a variety of gifts. You know what? There's a variety. Just in this room, we got a lot of variety of individuals. There's varieties of gifts, but what? The same spirit. Variety of gifts, a lot of different things going on, but it's the same spirit, right? All right. Then it says, and there are a variety of ministries. There's a, of, of ways to serve. There's a variety of different ways to serve. Because we're all different individuals. A lot of variety. But what? The same Lord. Same Lord. And there are varieties of effects. A variety of the things that you do and how they affect the body of Christ. But it's what? The same God. Who works all these things in all persons. So individually, we are all different. Individually, Jesus has called you to a specific purpose for his work. But you know what? It's the same spirit. Same spirit that works in Dustin, works in me. It's the same Lord. Same Lord that works in Sue, works in Vince. It's the same God. Same God that works in Gail, who works in Moses. 
It's the same. It's the same. Different thing, but there's this, everybody has the same. So nobody's got like, well, he's got a better spirit. No, you got the same. He's got, yeah, but if, if I had the Lord Jesus Christ to be my Lord, but you do. But, you know, if I had God, you do. We all got the same. But we're individuals. Individually, we're the same. That's awesome. That's just beautiful. Now, verse 11. Verse 11. Look at this. Here we go again. Says it again. Verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to what? Each one. Individually, just as he wills. He distributes to what? Each one. Each one. Individually. It's distributed to individuals. It's just beautiful. Beautifully stated. Verse 27. Again, to reiterate, after it goes through all this stuff. Now, you are Christ's body. And what? Individually members of it. Look at, how many times is he going to say? Individually, individually, each one, each one, individually, each one, individually. Oh, I get it. I'm an individual. I'm one. Hey. That's great, huh? Look at 1 Peter. I love 1 Peter. 1 Peter on this is just really, really beautiful stuff. 1 Peter is um, another one of Jesus' apostles. 1 Peter chapter 1, we're going to go to, uh, I mean, 1 Peter, we're going to go to chapter 4. When you mature in Christ, and you talked about there in Ephesians, that we may grow up in Him. Part of growing up, part of growing up in your relationship with Jesus, and in your relationship as a Christian, is learning to serve and not be served. Um, So I ask each of you, I don't want a show of hands, or um, why do you come to church? Do you come to church to be served? Or do you come with an idea to serve? Think about that. And I'll read this. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. The end, the end of all things is near. I love that. The end of all things is near. You know what one of, what one of the main things Jesus spoke and John the Baptist spoke and they preached was, the kingdom of God is coming, right? The kingdom of God is near. Here, Peter says, the end of all things is near. The, the, the kingdom is coming. This is rolling. Jesus Christ is going to come back. Amen. All the things that we spend our times and our energies in for this life, they're going to do nothing for you. But those things which you choose to do to serve Jesus, those things that you do in your life to serve His will and His pleasure, those things are going to resonate to eternal life. Eternal life. The end of all things is near. So what do we do in light of that? Therefore, therefore, since we know this is happening, therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. 
Above all, keep fervent love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. And be hospitable to one another without complaint. And then look at this, verse 10. As what? Each one. There it is again. As each one has received a special gift. All right, you've got to ask yourself a question here. Is this the truth or is it a lie? Did Jesus say this? Did Peter get the revelation from Jesus Christ? Did Paul get the revelation from Jesus Christ? Is he just telling us a lie here? Or did each one of you, does each one of us have a special gift given to us to be used for Jesus' work? Read it. You decide. This is what he says. Each one, each one has received a special gift. Employ it. In what? Serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Beautiful, isn't it? Whosoever speaks, do it as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves, do it as one who is serving by the strength which who? God supplies. (sighs) I love that. Listen, you want, you know the times, I can't speak for you, I don't know, I can speak for me. The times in my life when I've really, when, when really the will of God was proved in my heart. The times in my life where I knew that God was the one guiding me is when I sensed I was to do something for him. And I knew he was tugging my heart to do something. And then I did it. And usually this is in some type of service. Many times when this happens, I have to give up something. I have to give up time. I have to change my schedule. I have to go out of my way to do something. Maybe it wasn't what I wanted to do. But it's something I think he wants me to do. And so then I wash the feet, so to speak. It is in those moments in my life that I've just been, that's when I prove the will of God. That's when, that's when I know it's God that's at work within me. That's when I know it is God's work. You know, I could ask a bunch of you guys to serve and do things, all right? And you could say, oh yeah, John, you're nice, I like you, okay, I'll do it. But you know what? If Jesus is not directing you, it's just superficial. The other thing is I could really want to do something. Oh man, I want to sing. I want to be on that stage and I want to sing for the Lord. But I can't sing. (laughs) All right, that isn't my gift. And I got to be honest about that. So it doesn't matter that I want, this is what I want to do, because this is really going to bless me. That's not the way it works. It's, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for your glory? And then do it. Do what he directs you to do. Then, watch, watch, watch what happens.
Imagine. I don't know how many people we got in the room today. What, 80? People online. We'll, we'll get up to at least 100 with the people online. Imagine if each one of us came together with the mentality to serve. If each one of us would come together not to be served, but to serve. And to do and to wash each other's feet. Imagine. Imagine what the Christian church as a whole could do if we, if we came together and served this way. It would, we'd just, we'd blow everything away. It would be dynamic. It would be unbelievably great. <sighs> so, on the back of your program, I listed, I had a bunch of things that I, I wanted to put down here. Um, you see, sometimes I think we, we, we get lost. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what I can, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what to do. I'd like to do something, but I don't know what to do. Well, just right here in our little church, for example, there's service. There's things going on. Service underneath going on all the time. In between things. There's service happening all the time. And um, this is not a sign-up sheet. When I was doing this and I was giving it to the people making the program and editing it, I said, this isn't a sign-up sheet. What I want to do is go through this I want to stoke the flames. I want you to just think. I'd like you to pray. I'd like you to consider. If I'm a disciple of Christ, and if I am one of those, each one, individually, Lord, what am I supposed to do? How am I to serve you? And these are just some things that we do here at the church. We have coffee crew. Did you know, did you know that that coffee is right there? There's no coffee on the back table there. Did you see that? But did you know when we get done here, coffee is going to appear there. Whoa! It's just going to show up. No, you know what? Somebody comes here early and makes the coffee. Wow! They have to come early, and they do that. Yeah, that's a coffee crew. There's setup crew. The chairs don't just get set by themselves. People do that. Individual people do that. Ushering, greeting. Do you guys ever come here early and see Kurt? Kurt comes here every week around 10 o'clock to hand out programs. I never asked Kurt to do that. Did you ask Kurt to do that? Did you ask? What do you think you're doing, Kurt? You know what he's doing? He's serving the Lord. Jesus told him to do it. Don't you see? It's, it's doing what God calls you to do. Help with audio crew. See Tom Riley. Slides. Oh, slides, guys. Brad's doing slides back there today, but you know, I, I know what you guys do. Every time you see a word up there that's wrong, everybody turns around and looks at the slide guy. He is a slide guy. That is a tough job. That, that takes a certain mentality, but boy, we need people to do that. We need people to to be willing to go out there and you know, put the words up. And you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. But you know what? We've got to be able to allow ourselves to make mistakes. We can't be so concerned that we're going to be perfect. If, you know what? 
If you're waiting for yourself to be perfect, you're never going to serve. You've got to be able to allow yourself to grow and to do. And, and, you know, and we, as a church, have to allow that too. You know, some of us do the same thing. And, and you know, sometimes, and, and, and this happens, sometimes you get the mentality, well, uh, that's my job. <laughs> Come on. That's like the Gentiles, right? That's the Gentiles. That's saying at work. People start doing your jobs like, he's trying to get my job. You know, we have to allow each other to serve and, and, and to grow and to do and to be part of this body of Christ. Um, Camera crew, video team, we're always looking for help with that. You know what? Do you know, if we don't have a camera crew and we don't have a director there, we have over 40 people each week on a regular basis that watch online. If we don't have somewhere to do that, that's all those households around the world don't get to be part of of something because we don't have it. So that's a a service. It's it's, it's something that's needed. It's, It's a part of what's done. Helping children's fellowship. Toddler room. Now, if I did this again, I would add babysitting because there's a distinction here. Um, you know, this is one of the greatest needs we have in the church. Ch- our children are just vital. And we so need people to serve. Many times, for the babysitting and the toddlers, they combine the group. You know why? Because we don't have the people. We don't have the people to split the group up. We need people. And you know what? Priscilla had a baby about six months ago. Erica had another baby about six months ago. Ruth just had a baby. Kimmy Wall's having a baby. Priscilla's having... We're going to get lots of babies. That's good. Bring them on. But more babies means we have more need. And we need to take care of children. And we need to take care of the people in the body of Christ. This is a vital thing that, that God could work in your heart to help us with. Be part of the praise team. Um, I'm so blessed to see Sean up here playing the drums. Do you know Sean is not like this expert drummer who's spent his whole life drumming? You know what? He saw a need. God worked in his heart. He bought a drum set. And he's learning how to play. Now that's cool. Because it was a need don't you guys like having a drummer? Yes. See, but that takes, you know, so you know what we need? We need some female singers. We need some females that can sing, and some of you have beautiful voices, and some of you shouldn't be singing. But you know, <laughs> you need to know, you need to be honest. But if you have that gift, don't be afraid. If Sean was concerned about whether he played every beat right, he'd never do it. You never would. It, 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 is a, it is where God works in your heart and you begin to serve. Uh, social media. Well, oh wait, I got uh, decorating. Mimi's been doing flowers. Now we're kind of changing the thing around. I'm sure Mimi could use help and, and she could work with you to do stuff. We're not sure yet with the new stage design. Maybe one of you guys has an eye for that thing. And maybe you don't. Jesus knows. Right? He knows. So, you know, we could use help with that type of stuff. Um, video editing. I've been doing video editing, the little YouTube videos. I don't know if you see on the website, the little short ones. I do all those. I'm no expert video editor. We'd just be nice to have a little short video to put on our website. That's all. 
it takes, you know, you should have a little spirituality to think about what God, what we should put up there, but that'd be something we could use. Um, social media, we're just on Facebook and YouTube. You know, we got blogs, we got different things we can do. Instagram, I hear that that's the way the millennials communicate now. I don't know anything about Instagram. And you know what? We don't have anything to do with Instagram. You know why? Because we don't have anything to do it. But maybe there's something that could be done with Instagram. I don't know. But these are just things that could be done. Be part of the prayer team. You know, some of you say, well, I can't get out. Well, you know what? Maybe you're a prayer warrior. Maybe you're someone who, man, when you pray, you're going to pray, and you're going to pray. You're going to be like that widow woman in the Gospels, and you're going to pray, 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 pray. We need that. It's probably one of the most powerful services we need in the church, is people to pray. Prayer. Start a fellowship in your home. This is a great thing. You don't have to be a super Bible student to do this. You could just you know, have a hospitality night. Invite people over. Invite some other fellowship here in the church. Invite some neighbors. Have a meal together. Maybe you do a verse. Maybe you watch a video. Maybe you, you play a tape. Maybe you do reach. But have a home fellowship outside of just Sunday morning. If God's working in your heart, do it. College outreach. This is something we'd like to get going. I mean, we, are, we, we got Union College SUNY Albany, um, RPI, Siena College, College of St. Rose. This is a really good college area. It would be great if there's some of you that have it on your heart to reach out into the college community. We could use that. It would be great. Teen fellowship, mentoring. You know, this is another thing. We have a teen fellowship going. Mentoring is where you would help work with a younger teen. These are things you can get involved with. Help with the Congo Fund. Now, Richard and Gail, I know, do a lot of the correspondence with this. And, you know, this is something we could grow in and do more. You know, we also have other international. We, did you know we have a fe- fellowships in the Philippines? I don't even know if we do any real communication with them. I don't know what we do with some of the international outreach. We have people in Puerto Rico. We have people in Mexico. Wouldn't it be great if you have a heart for international services? There's things there for you to do. This is my point. There is so much need and so many avenues that each one individually can take part in. And be part of this. Um, straightening out, oh, cleaning here. Straightening out storage areas. You know how many boxes are in that back room? There's a lot of boxes. Cleaning around the church. Weeding flower beds. General office help. Sometimes we have big mailing. Sometimes we have the collating. Um, things like that. Um, maintenance repairs around the church. I've got a light bulb up there. It needs to get changed. You know, uh, if there's anybody that likes to do that type of thing, that's a, not a bad thing. Change light bulbs. You know, Fix locks. Maintenance stuff. That'd be awesome. Snow removal. Well, thank God we don't have to deal with that now. But come next, come next winter, anybody wants to, you know, you know, sometimes you know you have to you come early with but just a sidewalk, just in front of where the doors. You can come early and just shovel a little. That's great. I mean, then we also got, you know, we got Greg and doing stuff. But, you know, get serving. There's ways to serve. Meal trains. That's something we've been doing lately where someone needs help and we organize meal trains. That has been really a blessing, but, but someone needs to organize those things. Uh, help the sick or injured. Hospital visits. Help provide rides to the church for others. These are, these are acts of mercy. Where you have a compassion to help other people. No, that is such a need. A need for people to reach out in these areas. Uh, Kingdom Fest is coming up. You can volunteer for that big event we do at the end of the year. The grill master for burgers. You know, when I think about 
these helping the sick, giving rides, burgers. I think of Jimmy. I think of Lucky. I think of Bud. You know, they passed away. They fell asleep. And I don't know about you, but there's a big hole. There's a big hole that needs to be filled. Nobody ever asked Lucky to cook burgers. Nobody asked Bud to go pick up people that needed a ride. Wait, yes, someone did. Jesus did. You understand? It was on their heart to serve. And this is what we all want to do. We want to serve for his glory, for his will. Be part of the cleanup crew. Sam's Club run. Now we have, you're going to see, there's going to be, besides the coffee, you're going to see little food items appear. We need people to like just to drive to Sam's Club and do a run each week for the stuff we need coming up in the church. These are different things. So anyways, and then I also said, write down ways you can serve. These are just some. There's so many ways. It's so diverse. We're all individuals. Each one has something to give. So I'd like you to take this and I'd really like you to pray about this. I'd like you to, you know, if we could all pray and, and, and ask God and, and have, ask the Lord to direct us and ask him to show us where our part is in the body of Christ. And then maybe in a few weeks we'll actually maybe put this on the back of a connection card or something where you could actually sign up something and then we could maybe organize it more if, if there's something on your heart. But the biggest thing is not that you are asked by us. The biggest thing is that you are being directed by the Spirit of God within you, where Jesus is your Lord, and he's directing you to wash one another's feet. Not be concerned about my own, but concerned how I can serve others. And it's in there that you are going to prove the will of God in your life. And it will be really, really dynamic, huh? Well, let me close. I want to go back to these words in Peter, and then we'll close. First Peter, once again, verse 4. I mean, verse 10. Chapter 4, verse 10. As each one, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, do it as one who is speaking of the utterances of God. Whoever serves, do it as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So that in all things, the reason we want to do it as God directs it, is so that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for calling us. Thank you for giving your Son, Jesus. God, for presenting the Scriptures and having the prophets and the apostles write these things down so that we could learn these things today. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit and that we could allow Christ to dwell in our hearts. God, I ask you today for each person in our church, for all the people online, for each one individually. God, I ask you for their lives. I ask you to work, work in their heart that only you can work. That they know beyond a shadow of a doubt it's you. And 
I ask you for this. Thank you for this day and that we can wash each other's feet, that we can serve one another with the love of Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Just a couple of quick things before I close up here today. One is that if you enjoyed this message, you can check out Podcast 45, Talking with Jesus, or 77, God is Enough, also with John Courtright. Additionally, I put links in the show notes for the sermon archive at Living Hope International Ministries, where you can get dozens of more messages by Courtright. And you can take his classes. He did a pretty extensive class on Isaiah that I ended up helping out with towards the second half of, but uh, it's mostly just John Courtright. And then his more recent class is called The Twelve, and that looks at the so-called minor prophets, and he works through each of them. So those are both available on lhim.org. Also, you can search for him in your podcast app and probably find a number of other teachings that way. So check that out. Come on to restitutio.org. Leave a comment if you like. Please also share this episode if you think it would be helpful to others. And we'll see you on Sunday. Remember, the truth has nothing to fear.